Happy New Year, everybody. How you doing? Good? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor here at Hope City Church, and we really are just so excited that you're here today. It's freezing cold, but it is a new year, and uh, that brings with it all kinds of excitement and possibilities and dreams and changes. And if you're here today, maybe you're in church today because it's a new year and you Uh, had some reflection and you're like, you know what, I need to be in church or I need to find God or I need to go to church with my spouse. Like, I just want to applaud you. I think that's incredible. I don't think there's a better place or way to start your year. Uh, And I know we're kind of already a week in the way it fell on the calendar, but I'm just glad you're here. And I'm believing that this could be and, and maybe the best year that you've ever had. And I know for me, this is, I can just speak for me, but when I'm spiritually right, everything else seems to fall into place. But I can work on a lot of other things, and if the spiritual piece is not right, sometimes it seems like everything else is kind of out of whack. And so I just challenge you to to try to prioritize your spiritual life this year, and I believe something incredible is going to happen. About uh, a half century ago, more than a half century ago, a doctor named Alfred Tomatis was asked to cure a curious case. Tomatis was an otolaryngologist, say that three times fast. Uh, which is what you say when you're at a dinner party and they ask what you do, but it's really just an ear, nose, and throat doctor, all right? And uh, the case, the curious case, was a famous opera singer had mysteriously lost uh, the ability to hit certain notes, even though those notes were comfortably in their range previously. They couldn't hit them anymore. And, And the opera singer had unsuccessfully been to other ear, nose, and throat doctors who had diagnosed the problem as a, as a throat problem. But Tomatis disagreed. He, uh, using a sonometer, he discovered that even an average opera singer, here's a random fact for you today, impress somebody with your knowledge. You ready? Even a random opera singer, a, a medium-talented opera singer, produces 140 decibel sound waves at a meter's distance, which is the equivalent of an aircraft carrier taking off on a ship. That's how much volume an opera singer creates in their head when they sing. And and, and so Tomatis made a breakthrough diagnosis that the singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. And if you can't hear a note, you can't sing the note. And, And here's the way Tomatis said it. He said, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear, and to this day, still, it's called the Tomatis effect, the ability to not just listen, but to hear. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11, 15, he who has ears to hear, let him, what? Hear. That's the way Jesus said it. There's a difference between listening and hearing. There's a difference between listening and and hearing. Today, we're starting a six-week series called How to Hear God's Voice, and and I can't think of a better way to start the new year than to strive to hear God's voice in our lives. And I believe that most problems in our life have been misdiagnosed. They've been misdiagnosed, and what we think maybe is a relational problem or a financial problem or an emotional problem, I, I believe maybe possibly what we have is a hearing problem. We have a hearing problem, and probably we have been deafened by the sound of our own voice, the sound of our own voice, and our inability to hear God's voice 
causes us to, uh, to lose our way. Now, let me give you a little backstory about this series. I have been wanting to teach this series for four years. I've wanted, to be, I've wanted to teach this series, How to Hear God's Voice, for four years, and, and I've always struggled to figure out how to teach it or how to explain it. Matter of fact, Corey Burkhead, who used to uh, work on our staff here at the church, he used to check with me every couple of weeks when we were have creative meetings, and he would say, uh, he would say hey, when are you going to do the How to Hear God's Voice series? And he's like, you really need to do that. But my struggle was I never knew how to, I never knew how to explain what it was like in my head without sounding crazy. That, that was my challenge, because you know they have a name for people who claim to hear voices. You know that, right? They have a name for that. And so, and so we're going to take six weeks in this series to talk about hearing God's voice, and it can quickly get into weirdo stuff. And I don't know what your background is religiously or, or spiritually or church-wise. I don't know what kind of churches you grow up, grew up in, or if you grew up in church, or if you've watched much Christian TV or, you know, if you have a weird brother-in-law or uncle, like, I don't know what kind of baggage you bring to this, but I bring some. And so my challenge has always been, how do you communicate or talk about hearing God's voice without sounding like an absolute psycho? That's been my challenge. And, um, and so just been working through that for years. How do you explain it? And, and I hope that you'll hear my heart and understand what I mean when I humbly, humbly say that I hear God's voice regularly in my life. Regularly. I, I hear his voice in my life, and I desperately want that for you. Now, I want to be sure to point out that I've never heard the audible voice of God in my life. Never. 34 years, 16 or 18 years following Jesus, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Some people have. I have not. But that's why I'm so excited about this series, because God speaks to us in all kinds of ways besides his audible voice. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next six weeks. And so just in case you're not able to be here for all the weeks, I want to go ahead and give you a little spoiler about the different ways that God speaks to you and me. All right? There, there are six that we're going to be looking at, and, and I think we have these on the screen. If not, but I'll, I'll give them to you. Ways God speaks to us that we're going to be looking at throughout this series, all right? The Bible, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, is, is the Bible, desires, the desires in our heart, doors that open and close, people in our lives, promptings, urges, nudges in our lives, and pain. Let me give them to you one more time. The Bible, desires, doors, people, promptings, and pain. Now, there are others, there are others, but I believe that these six are the most consistent ways that God tells us what he wants us to know. All of us, not just the preacher, not just, you know, not, not just like, hey, Jason, you go hear from God, you come tell me what he said. No, all of us, all of us have the ability through these ways to hear God's voice. I believe with all of my heart that God is trying to get a message to you. I believe that, that God is trying to get a message to you. Let that sink in for a moment. Don't rush past that. God is trying to get a message to you. God, creator of the universe, God, spoke the world. And like when he opens his mouth, 
galaxies are created. And he's trying to get a message to you. Now, maybe earlier when I said that I hear the voice of God regularly in my life, you thought, well, of course you do. You're a pastor. You're a preacher. And I know because I, I was raised in church and I, I have at different seasons of my life struggled with cynicism. I remember so often sitting in church and listening to pastors and preachers talk about hearing God's voice in such a common way. Like, and I asked God, God, which way should I turn, right or left? And God said back to me, son, you turn left. And I'm sitting there thinking like, really? That's how it happened? That's never, I, you know, and it's like, and God just told me, and God just told me, and God just told me. I don't know if you've ever heard conversations like that, but I'm sitting there thinking as an eight-year-old, as an 18-year-old, I'm sitting there thinking, honestly? Like, wait a second, two things. First of all, that sounds amazing. Second of all, if God just spoke, we probably need to be on our face, was my second thought. That it's not, it's not something to be taken lightly, but it is something that should happen in our lives. And I don't believe that God is trying to get a message to me any more than he's trying to get a message to you. I believe that he's trying to get a message to you, all of us. And so how would it change your day if tomorrow when you woke up, your focus was to make sure you heard God's message for you? I'm going to ask you that question one more time. How would it change your day if when you woke up tomorrow, your focus was hearing God's message for you. My friend Dave Willis, who's actually going to be with us in a, in a few weeks, tells a story about a day when he received a message from God. He, he was going through an incredibly frustrating and stressful time in his life. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but he was just ranting and venting to his spouse. And, and he tells the story uh, that he was mad about something and frustrated about a season of his life, and he's pacing and ranting, and he's walking around the living room, and his wife's trying to, like, you know, calm him down, but it doesn't matter. I don't know if you've ever had those experiences, and he's just kind of going crazy and just pacing around. And almost like in a movie, he says that he, he looked up to God, and he said, God, why don't you care? Why don't you care, God? Why are you not helping me? And he said the words to God, God, I could really use a message from you right now. And he kind of huffed and puffed. He fell down, flopped down on the couch, and he had his arms folded, and he propped his feet up on the ottoman. And when he did, his wife said, what's on your shoe? And he looked down at his shoe, and there was a sticker stuck to his shoe. And it was a sticker, evidently, from one of his kids' classes at church that day that they must have dropped in the living room floor that he picked up while he was pacing around. That's the only explanation he could come up with. And he looked down, and he took the sticker off of his shoe, and the sticker said, keep going, keep going. He began to cry. He began to pray and thank God and ask God to forgive him. But he believes with all of his heart that God sent him a message that day not to quit and to keep going. And some incredible things have happened in his life and in his ministry because of the decision not to quit. Now, those are the kind of stories that we love to hear, right? I mean, those are the real deal, amazing stories. And we love them because they feel so mystical. They feel so magical, right? And that's, why so, that, that, that's what so many of the, the Bible stories sound like. I don't know how familiar you are with stories in the Bible, stories in the Old Testament, 
But, but when you read those stories, it feels like God was speaking all the time. All the time. Noah was out one day just hanging out and God spoke. Build a boat. It's going to rain. It's going to flood. And we read that as if like, okay. Moses heard God say to go to Pharaoh. That there, there's a story about a donkey who turned around and started arguing with his owner. Like, really speaking, another time a giant finger appeared out of nowhere coming down from the sky and wrote a word on a wall. And you read this and you, you hear stories like this and you're like, um, yes, please, I'll take that, God, if I could have some of that because of what I'm going through or the direction that I need in my life, I would love that. I think all of us in the room would love to be more confident that we're hearing, we're hearing God's voice. And the good news is that God is speaking to you and me. God is speaking to you and to me. In John 10, 27, Jesus said this short little phrase that's so important for you and me in our lives. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The people who love me, the people who follow me, the people who have a relationship with me, they know my voice. And all of us know what that's like. I don't know what kind of home you were raised in. I can just speak for my home. But I knew growing up, I could be in a crowd of 500 people. And if my mom, in a, in a, in a voice that sounded like she was angry at me and I was going to get in trouble, said, Jason, I could have been in a stadium with people shouting. And yes, ma'am. I mean, like I knew the voice. You know what I'm talking about? That same thing is true for my kids. No matter what's happening, Sadie, if we're out at a field playing a game or Nora or whatever it is, they know my voice. And you know what else I've noticed too? They always know where to find me. That there have been times, I remember one day I went to school to watch uh, an award ceremony uh, you know, parents, you got to sit there three hours for the 30 seconds they talk about your kid. And so I'm sitting there and I'm up in the top of uh, the bleachers and there are probably three to 400 people there maxed out in the bleachers and Sadie walks to get something and she, she takes a literal three second scan, finds me. And you've probably done that too. Because there's something about your father, there's something about someone that you love or your parent that you know their voice and you seem to always be able to spot them in a crowd. The same thing is true about your relationship with Jesus. God is speaking. And I believe that you're more aware of it than you realize. You just need to learn how to hear. I think the most important thing to point out at the beginning of this series is that God speaking is not mystical. It's supernatural, but it's not mystical. And there is a difference, and I think it's an important difference, that, that talking today and for the next six weeks about the idea of God speaking to us, it is an incredibly supernatural thing, but it doesn't have to be a mystical thing. When you start talking about fingers appearing out of the sky and animals talking, it can get weird really quickly. Maybe you know somebody who believes that they talk back and forth with their pets. You know what I'm talking about? Like, no, he, they really do talk to me. I understand what they're saying. That's another sermon for another time. But you understand, like, it can get weird quickly. 
And, and, and so I want to make sure that we point out that God's speaking is not mystical. Nobody wants to be that guy who, who, you know, who, who says their pets are talking to them. But it's definitely supernatural. And the point of hearing God's voice is not sensation, it's transformation. The point of hearing God's voice is not sensation, it's transformation. And that's a big distinguisher about where your motives are and what the point of it is for you, is if you're wanting to hear God's voice because you want to get goosebumps, that's, you're missing the point of God communicating to us. God speaks to us so that our lives can be changed and transformed. And so, and so as we go down this path for these next six weeks, we are trying to hear God's voice so that we can be changed and transformed. Not so we can promote that we're the weird place where you can talk to the other side, right? It's not about sensations, it's about transformation. So for the first week of the series, we have to start with the Bible. We have to start with the Bible. Because if you try to understand God speaking and you don't start with the Bible, you can quickly get into some really dangerous places. God's word is the truth and it's always been the truth. God's word, the Bible, this book or whatever book you have or whatever phone it's on there, that, that, that God's word is the truth. It's always been the truth. It stands the test of time. And so when God speaks to us through the Bible, he isn't speaking something new. He's speaking something unchanging in a new way. So when we read the Bible, hear me, it's not that he's speaking anything new. It's always been there. He's just speaking to us in a new way. And so my prayer for you is that you'll experience God's word in a new way. Now, I've preached a lot of messages. It's a passion of mine. I've preached a lot of messages about the logistics and the facts of the Bible. Uh, in the fall last year, we did a series about trusting the Bible, how it was put together. And I know a lot of you have questions and how, is it legitimate and can it be debunked and all those things. And we spent a whole sermon talking about that, the facts, logistics, all that good stuff. I'll post that link this week. But that's not the point of today's message. The point of today's message is about interacting with the Bible. It's about interacting with God and having supernatural experiences through God's word. Now, if you're taking notes, I would love for you to write down this phrase. The most consistent, reliable, and healthy way to hear God's voice is by reading the Bible on a regular basis. The most consistent, reliable, and healthy way to hear God's voice is by reading the Bible on a regular basis. Can you hear God's voice in your life without reading the Bible? Absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. But one of the reasons that when you read the Old Testament, God was speaking so much is because there was no Bible. So Abraham and Noah and Moses, they couldn't go to the Bible to hear God speak. God spoke to them. But we have the Bible. And the most consistent, reliable, healthy way to hear God's voice is by reading the Bible. Now, here's two quotes that I love uh, that are some of my favorite quotes. You may have heard some of these. But uh, Charles Spurgeon said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I love that. A Bible that's falling apart belongs to someone who isn't. I actually hate when I buy a new Bible because it takes me like three years to break that thing in, you know. But now when we get it falling apart and everything, now we're in good shape, Right. Here's another quote I love by, uh, by G.K. Chesterton. Christianity has not been so much tried and found wanting as it has been found difficult and left untried. I think that's a great quote about a, that, that has to do with engaging and interacting with God through the Bible because most of us in the room would say, I want that. 
Okay, Jason, I'm down. I mean, I would prefer to get a sticker on the bottom of my shoe, but if you tell me that the most consistent, reliable way to hear God's voice in my life is to read the Bible, then I'll do that. But you've told me that before, and then I started, and, when, and where I started, you know, it was like the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron the following instructions, set up seven lamps. And so I went into my living room, and I set up seven lamps, and I was trying to figure all this out, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't like what you said it, it would be. Or maybe you didn't understand it, or you have a Bible that's a weird translation, so it felt like you were reading Shakespeare, and, and you couldn't figure out how to put it all together, and so you, you just stopped because it was difficult. I'm not standing up here and saying that reading the Bible is, is easy. It, it, it gets easier, and there are ways to make it easier, but it, it does have a challenge to it because the devil does not want you reading the Bible. There's a challenge and a barrier because the devil doesn't want you reading the Bible. Why would the devil want you reading the most consistent, reliable, healthy way to hear God's voice every day in your life? He wouldn't want you to do that. So let me read you one scripture today for our time together, Last the few minutes we have here. Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God, that's the Bible, the scripture, is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts, and our desires. Two points I want to make, very simple, but two points I want to make today from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Number one, the Bible is living and it's active. I've read some amazing books. It's my goal this year to read 52 books in a year, and I'm already making some progress on that, and I've read some amazing books, and I've read some incredible biographies. I'm reading a great biography right now, and and so I, I love reading great stories and great books, but the difference between the Bible and every other book is it's alive and active. It's got a pulse to it. It, 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 it interacts with us, and, and, it, and, and it gets into our lives. It's living and active, which means we never get to the bottom of it. And so here I've been trying my best as consistently as possible for the last 18 years to read God's word. And so often I will say to Andrea, I've never seen that before. Have you ever had that experience? You read something that you've read 50 times and you're like, has that always been in there? Because I've never noticed that before. The other day I shared with you guys when Jesus calmed the storm in the boat with the disciples and he looked at them and he said, why are you afraid? I had never noticed that he asked them, why are they afraid before? Well, that happens because God is trying to get a message to me. And so he shows me things in new ways that I've never noticed before. It's living and active, which means we never get to the bottom. It's living and active, which means it says what it needs to say when it needs to say it. Is it not amazing how often you will read the Bible and it's exactly what you needed to read or hear for the season of life that you're in? Why is that? Because it's living and active. Now, I'm not promising that the one day you decide to read it, you will have a supernatural experience. But we, but we should have a relationship with the Bible because the power comes from the consistency. The power comes from the consistency. And so we read this book and we engage in this book and God speaks to us 
And it's a living and active book. It's not just words on a page. It is, a, it is an exchange, a conversation with God. And I'm less concerned, really honestly, with you reading the Bible as I am with you listening to the Bible. And I don't mean listening to me teach it. I mean when you read, recognizing that you're not just reading words, but that you are supernaturally having a conversation with God. And if you will listen, I believe you'll hear him speak. I believe that. Whether you've never read it before or you have three master's degrees in theology, the Bible does not show favoritism on who it speaks to because it's a living and active book and you'll read what you need to read if you consistently read it when you need to read it. And the same thing will happen for the professor who teaches whatever. They will read what they need to read when they need to read it. Why? Because it's living and active. And we get to have as many of these in our house as we want. That's unbelievable. You can have it on your phone. You can have it on your iPad. You can listen to it on the radio. You can have one in every room of your house. You can put one in the floorboard of your car. And every time you open it, you get the living, active conversation with God. So it's living and active. Second thought is this. It exposes my thoughts and desires. And this is my favorite thing I love about the Bible. Everybody's got a different thing they love about the Bible, but I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn, and it takes somebody beating me over the head to get a point across to me. And I love the Bible because it consistently beats me over the head. I love that. I love that. That the Bible exposes, it says, my thoughts and desires. And so what we say all the time around here is that when I read the Bible, the Bible reads me. And I love that because it's living and active and exposes my thoughts and desires. So when I read the Bible, the Bible reads me. And so here's what will happen in your life. So it happens in my life, all of us. We will either keep reading the Bible and our life will change or we'll stop reading the Bible, but you won't do both for long. Why? Because it exposes your thoughts and your desires. So watch what happens. You got somebody in your life you just can't forgive. You won't let it go. They haven't apologized yet. You're mad about it. You're holding a grudge. You're bitter. And you'll open up the Bible and it's like every story is about forgiveness. And you're like, what in the world? Or it's not a story about forgiveness, but it's something about loving your enemies. And you're like, how? And, and, or maybe it's not even about that. It's just that through reading about trusting God when Noah built that ark, all you can think about is how you need to trust God to forgive that person. And you're like, well, I didn't get that from the story of Noah. Why did you get that from the story of Noah? Because it is, it is exposing your thoughts and your desires. And you know what you're thinking about? How mad you are at that person. That's the power of the Bible. That's the supernatural experience of the Bible. And so you'll either keep reading it and your life will change or, or you'll stop reading it Be, because it's going to confront the areas of your life. It's going to confront it because it knows what you're feeling and facing. God, God knows. And so it begins to change your life because it keeps reading you and it knows what you need to hear. So my desire is for God to speak to you. I want you to hear his voice. And so what we're going to do, and we've done this several times at the church over the 10 years, is, is we believe that the beginning of the year is the best time for you to give this a try again. That it's nothing extra special about January as opposed to June or whatever, but that, that it's as good a time as any. And maybe emotionally and psychologically, you're ready to start something new. And so we want to invite you to participate in reading the Bible with us. And so when you came in today on your seat, there was this blue sheet of paper that says soap guide. I would love for you to take that out. 
And what we're going to challenge you to do is to read one chapter of the Bible a day. One chapter of the Bible a day. Depending on where you are, that may sound like a challenge. For some of you, you're like, well, that's not enough. Well, you just keep reading then. But we want everybody to read a chapter a day. And we've given you a plan. Now, you see here, this is January and February. And when we get closer, we're going to have March and April. And then we'll do them two months at a time. But you'll see starting tomorrow, we have John 1. Now, we're starting 21 days of prayer And as a part of the 21 days of prayer, starting the year focusing on God, as a part of the 21 days of prayer, we're reading the 21 chapters in John. That's what we're doing as a church. We'd love for you to participate with us. Join the Facebook group, watch the videos, just participate with us. We think it's a great thing to do. We're also going to be having church on Wednesday nights for the next three weeks to come together, worship, prayer. It's a great time. We'd love to have you be here for that, 7 o'clock each Wednesday night. But we're just going to be reading through the book of John. So you can see here all the way down, starting on January 8th, John 1, 2, 3, 4. And then the 21 days are over. If you want to keep going, you start reading Acts. And then you can flip to the other side and you see we're going to get into Romans. But here at the church, we like to teach a SOAP method. S-O-A-P, SOAP. There are lots of different ways you can study the Bible. The point is not the plan. Any plan will work if you work it, okay? But we believe that that if you can find something that, that works and you work it consistently, it's powerful. And so what we do around here is we use the SOAP method. And it explains it here on the sheet of paper for you. But S stands for scripture, O stands for observation, A stands for application, and P stands for prayer. So while I understand that God speaks through random flipping point methodology, you know, it's like, what am I going to read today? Oh, boom, I put it right there, right? Like I get that. Um, But what we say is, okay, let's have a plan, let's read it, and then when we read it, we're going to highlight a scripture, we're going to mark a scripture, one verse that we read, or two verses that we read that stood out to us, that got our attention, that caused us to stop and think, that, that, that we feel like we were supposed to notice. And So I could read John 1 and notice something, and you could read John 1 and you notice something totally different, and that's the beauty of the living, active word of God. And so you would take that and you would write down that scripture. And then an observation is just what point you think the author's trying to make. Whoever wrote that, whatever author wrote it, what do you think they're trying to, to, to point or they're trying to make or teach? Write it down. Application is just how does this verse specifically apply to my life? Why do I think this stood out to me? What do I need to do with that? And then prayer is just writing a short prayer in your journal asking God to help you. Now, here's the way that we're going to try to help you is over the next 21 days, I've asked some of the leaders in the church to shoot a quick one-minute video every day showing you or explaining to you their soap. Like they're going to say John 2, John 3, John 4, and here's something that stood out to them, a scripture, the point, and a prayer. And so it's very, very normal for you to see some of the leaders in the church to be carrying around a journal or a notebook and, 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 and they've got their soaps in there and just things that they're taking from God's word. And the power of it is in the consistency. It's in the longevity. And so I looked this morning before I walked down here. I got five journals from the last five years. And, and, and just all the things that I feel like God is speaking to me. And what I've noticed about my life is that God rarely answers me when I ask him. But he almost always prepares me ahead of time. So what's amazing is I'll be going through something and three months ago or three weeks ago in my time with God, I feel like he was preparing my heart or speaking to me or giving me something that, uh, that I needed to know because of where I was headed. So if I go to him on the day that I have to have a decision and say, God, what do you think? Yes or no. I rarely have ever heard an answer to that. 
but before time, consistently spending time in God's Word, He tells me what I need to know and prepares me for where I'm going. And so we would love for you to participate with us really throughout the year, but even if just to start for these 21 days, and to use this soap guide to read one chapter as consistently as possible. There's nothing extra special about the morning time or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's just a consistent time. Andrea likes to read the Bible at like 1145 at night, okay? That's her thing. Like, it fills her up. That's when she feels closest to God. I'm asleep, all right? I like 6 a.m., 5.45 a.m., 6.30 a.m. That's a little more my style. Just find what works for you. Just find what works for you and jump into the Bible because the Bible is the most consistent, reliable, healthy way to hear God's voice. So whether you say, God said, or whether you say, I feel like, or whether you say, I've been thinking, it's all the same terminology. That God's doing something in me. He's doing something in my heart. He's doing something in my head. He's, he's communicating with me. And I am his sheep. I am his follower. And I know his voice. And I'm going to fine-tune, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fine-tune it. And uh, I'm going to figure it out and, and supernaturally conversate and exchange with God. Does this make sense to everybody? Man, I would love for you to experience this. I would love for you to have a relationship with Jesus that feels more than just checking off a list, but feels like a relationship and an exchange and a live, active relationship with Jesus. So would you take this soap guide with you as you leave today? We've got some extra ones if we need those. Put it on a mirror. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your car. I don't know. Wait, take a picture with your phone. You can also go on the YouVersion app, and there is a I think Levi Lesko has a Bible reading plan that is 21 days. You can start tomorrow if you want to do that on your phone. All sorts of things that you can do, but we want to help you read God's Word. It's the most consistent, reliable, healthy way to hear God's voice in your life. That's what we want to do, okay? Let's pray.